Buenos días a todos. ¿Cómo están? Ah, oh, muy bien. Excelente. Tenemos algunos que hablan español aquí. Got some Spanish speakers. That is great. Makes me feel at home. Wow, thank you so much for that worship time. I'll tell you what, worship is a wonderful thing. And around the world, doesn't matter whether we're in Texas or whether we're in Africa or China or wherever we're at, people are worshiping the Lord, and that's what draws us together. And that gives us, that's what gives us a heart for other people around the world that still need to hear Him too. And so we're excited to be here. I only, we usually travel with seven of us, but as the family grows, I never get all seven together anymore. You know, we, it's very, uh, just a few days out of the year that we're all together. But I got my oldest two with me, Josiah and Brianna. And, uh, and well, my wife's not the oldest. I'm actually the oldest, but my wife's here too, Ruth. Um, and uh, one thing that we want to do as we start this morning is just kind of give you an update. It's been a couple of years since we've been here. And God is working in exciting ways in our lives. I'll tell you what, as a dad, I'm just having a ball right now. This stage of life, I never anticipated it would be this way as a dad. You know, I heard about the terrible teen years, and uh, it's really hard to do as a parent. But I'm just having fun watching my kids decide what God wants them to do and, and find their way. It's been a blast for me. And so I'm excited to just, um, I'm going to have Ruth come up and share a little bit about what she's been doing and, uh, and the rest of the family here to share a little bit about what, the, what God's been doing. Um. Can you hear me? Okay. As uh, children of missionaries grow up on the mission field, they absorb their parents' worldview and beliefs, but they also tend to absorb the values and the cultural um, behaviors of the, the country in which they grow up. So when they come back to what we call their passport country, they hold a passport, in this case, the United States. Um, although they look like they should fit in, they often feel totally out of place. They feel like they don't... Um, belong here because they've developed a third, a unique third culture. We call them TCKs, third culture kids. So as I've gone through helping my children try to adjust to the United States, I've become part of a task force that, um, with the responsibility of caring for our missionary kids, um, particularly those who are leaving home to attend college for the first time, come back to the United States. So one thing I've been involved in is we plan retreats, yearly retreats, um, for these kids and just help them try to deal with some of the issues that they're going to face, some of the problems they're going to um, have as they try to re readjust to American culture. So our next retreat is um, coming up July 27th to um, the 30th, 31st, I think it is. So um, it's just, just been a fun ministry for me because it's where my kids are at, and I just really identify with the RMKs as they're struggling with these issues. And um, so you can pray for that ministry as, as we continue to develop it and, and seek new ways to minister to these missionary kids. Okay, great. Thanks. Be praying for that retreat that's coming up. That'll be in Canton, Texas. And Ruth, how many are you expecting? About 21 uh, young people coming back to the States and trying to figure out what it means to, to live here and be here. Brianna, do you want to share a little bit about your adventures this summer? So just a quick update. This summer, um, actually this Saturday, I'll be flying to Kenya. Um, I'm going on an internship for eight weeks with African Lynn Mission. So I'll be in Kenya for three weeks doing training and just learning some of the language, Swahili. And then I'll be traveling to Tanzania where I'll be with some missionaries for five weeks. And I'll be working with them. They're in a small village and they're just building relationships there um, and also teaching English. So I'll be spending some time with them and helping them in their ministry there. So um, I've been at Moody Bible Institute. I have another year and a half there. 
Um, and so I'm really excited for this internship because I've been thinking of doing missions after I graduate from Moody, and I've been thinking of Africa, but I've never been there. So I'm really excited to go this summer and see how God continues to lead me through that. Very good. So you can be praying for Brianna and her internship. Um, Josiah, we actually in the family, if you guys want to sit down for a second. <laughs> um, in the family, we had three graduations over the last two weeks, okay? So Josiah, he um, graduated from Moody Bible Institute, and he's going to be sharing a lot more about what uh, he's going to be doing. Brianna is at Moody. Aaron, our middle one there and with the beard in the middle of the picture, he just graduated from Tyler Junior College with a um, degree in professional tennis management. And you say, what is that all about? Well, he... He wants to uh, be able to go to a country as a missionary where you can't go as a missionary. And so he's got training to go as a tennis coach, and he hopes to go to a country and share Christ through tennis um, as he works at a tennis club or whatever, however the Lord opens up the door. He is going to be going to Moody Bible Institute. Um, and now that he graduated from TJC, he'll be transferring to Moody in the fall. Uh, and then Monica, she just graduated from high school. She's right behind Ruth there in the picture. And uh, she's not real sure what she wants to do yet. She's, gonna, she's been taking some classes at TJC at Tyler, and she's going to keep doing that in the medical field. So we'll see. You can be praying for her, that how the Lord might lead her. And then our youngest but tallest son is Keegan, um, and uh, he is a junior in high school. Uh, he will be a junior this coming fall, and he's uh, kind of interested in the engineering area. We're not sure how the Lord's leading him either. We're praying about that. And he's going to start some classes at TJC, too the dual credit stuff this fall. Um, Aaron and um, Keegan are not able to be with us because they're on a ministry trip right now to Minnesota. Uh, they're with a singing group, and they're going to do a kids' club and some different things, so you can be praying for them this week as, as they come to mind. They just left on Friday, and they'll be gone for, for the whole week. Um, so it's fun to share Christ with people. It doesn't matter where we're at around the world. People need to be encouraged in the Lord. They might be believers. They might be unbelievers. Um, it doesn't matter. People need to be encouraged by the Lord. And God calls us, no matter where we're at, to share in different ways. So I want to give you a quick update as to our ministry. As Nathaniel mentioned, man, you guys have been such faithful supporters of us for 25 years. Can you believe it? Give yourselves a hand. I'll tell you what. That is, a, that is an accomplishment. For 25 years, you've been partnering with us as we did ministry in Mexico principally. We were in Mexico for 18 years. And now, as, as God showed us the need to come back to the States for a temporary time to launch our kids into what he was leading them to do, um, I'm working uh, at our home office in Dallas um, as the director of our e-ministries. And God is doing amazing things. I've got to tell you, when they told me, asked me if I would be the director of e-ministries, I was like, well, I'll do a little bit of that. But that's not going to be really that big of a thing. Wow, God has opened up the world. We're ministering to literally millions of people around the world through this ministry. So I just want to give you a real quick update on that. If we can go to the next slide. Here you can see in the, uh, on the map, um, by the way, our mission is celebrating 125 years um, this year. And you can see in orange the countries where we've per, uh, primarily worked in, in Spanish-speaking areas. Uh, it was originally the Central American mission, so obviously Central America, Mexico, Colombia, Uruguay, we're in Spain, um, and, and of course lots of Spanish speakers in Canada and the United States. So traditionally for 125 years, those, that's where we've been working, sharing Christ exclusively in Spanish with Spanish speakers. But do you see those gray colored countries there around the world? Now through the e-ministries department, there are small pockets of Spanish speakers all over the world, migrating all over the world for different reasons. And last year, we were able to minister to people in over 120 countries through our e-ministries. 
So you can just see the expansion, really the explosion of impact that we're able to have uh, to Spanish-speaking people all over the world. And it's a real privilege to be able to share with them. They're what's called the diaspora of peoples. As people migrate around the world, they're in these tiny pockets, and we need to find them and reach them because um, in the countries that they live, they're often, um, oh, wow, menos preciado. They're often... um, uh, mistreated, uh, unappreciated, um, and, and so um, we need to find these pockets of people in these small Spanish-speaking churches around the world and encourage them. You know, we couldn't literally do that with boots on the ground with missionaries because it would be so expensive to send missionaries like that. But through the Internet, in a very inexpensive way, we can encourage them and minister to them. So what do we do in e-ministries? Real quick, next slide here. I'm going to take all Josiah's time. <laughs> I get going and I can't stop. We reach people searching for God online in Spanish. We work with GMO, Global Media Outreach, if you've heard of that ministry. They share the gospel online, and then if people respond to that and want help online, we counsel them online. Just this morning, as I was praying for this service, um, I got a little ding on my computer, and somebody came up from, I think he was from Ecuador, and he, he said, you know, I've trusted in Christ now, but I have this terrible problem. I just... Um, need to admit that I, I'm, I'm being unfaithful to my wife, and I feel terrible about it, and I don't know what to do. So this morning, before we drove here, I was able to counsel him online a little bit and encourage him and help him hopefully make some positive steps so that he can be whole with his family and with his relationship with the Lord. Pray this morning for Jose. His name is Jose, and he has some rough decisions to make. He needs to, to make some real decisions to follow Christ. So pray for him this morning. And that gives you an idea about what we're doing, reaching with people online. We, uh, every year, we have a small team of people. We work with about 62,000 people in Spanish, all in Spanish, that make a profession of faith in Christ and then ask for help for them to get started in their relationship with the Lord. We have an online um, discipleship course and other things that we do with them and uh, help them find a local church that they can connect to. Next slide. The other thing we do is provide free ministry resources and helps. And boy, you know, when you get overseas, outside of the United States, you realize how much of demand there is for ministry resources. Here we got Christian bookstores and all kinds of things on the Internet and radio and all these things, but many people have none of that. And they, they have needs, and they're, they're not able to uh, meet those needs. They don't have the resources they need. So um, we have a website called Obrero Fiel, which provides over 8,000 resources. And you can, um, you can uh, be praying about that um, ministry as we provide resources, mainly for pastors and people in, in ministry around the world in Spanish. Um, last year, we had unique users, 1.8 million Spanish speakers, go to that site and download resources for their ministry. We also work with another site called gotquestions.org, and we had about 10 million people come to that site in Spanish and look for answers uh, for, their, for their biblical questions. Next thing we do in the e-ministries department, and we're thrilled about this, we're able to train and encourage pastors and missionaries. I'm excited to hear Brent and some of you are doing ministry way out in, in Latin America in different places where there probably isn't even internet, um, and training people. But you know what? There's not enough Brents around to do that. There's not enough seminaries around Latin America to make that happen for everybody. The fact of the matter is about 70% of Spanish-speaking pastors never get any formal training. 
And so we've launched an online school where they can get formal training wherever they're at through the Internet with their tablet, their phone, or, or their computer, um, and they, they can study with us online and, and be prepared uh, for the ministry that the Lord's given them. So we're just super excited about what the Lord's doing. He has been so good and opened up amazing doors to share the gospel uh, with the Spanish-speaking world. We appreciate your partnership. It would not be possible without you guys and your participation. Your prayers are so key, and we just thank you so much um, for what you're doing. Thank you for being a blessing to the nations. Used to be just Latin America, but now Spanish speakers all over the world that we're able to minister to. And we thank you so much for your partnership with that. And now we're going to let, hear Josiah and what he, uh, he'll, he'll share with you a little bit about his plans. All right, can you hear me? Yeah. It's working? All right. Well, I'm so glad to be here with you all this morning, and thank you so much for, for having me here. And I just want to share briefly a little bit about um, what my plans are since I've been here last. Two years ago, I was here, and I shared about my trip to Papua New Guinea, and uh, I just want to share with you a little bit more about what God's been doing in my life, and also a little bit about what he's been teaching me. So, uh, I just graduated from Moody, so I praise the Lord for that. <laughs> uh, four years. Um, four years go by fast, but it was really a blessing to study at Moody, and um, I'm so grateful for the time I had there. And uh, before I went to Moody, uh, like I shared last time, I went to Papua New Guinea and I shared about my trip there and I felt that God was really calling me to be involved in tribal missions. There's still about 6,500 people groups around the world who um, have never heard the gospel and don't have one word of God's, of God's word in their language. So God really burdened me with a desire to um, reach out to one of those people groups, um, if it would be his will. So I went to Moody planning to eventually go, on, go into missions and, and serve in tribal missions. So now that I'm done with Moody, um, it's time to take the next step, and I've decided to go with New Tribes Mission. It's an organization that works with uh, tribal groups around the world, and they have a two-year training program that's required for all their missionaries. So uh, I've applied and been accepted to their training program. It's called, they call it the Missionary Training Center. Um, it's in Camdenton, Missouri. And it's a two-year program, so I'll be there for two years um, studying all kinds of different things. Some people think, why, you know, two, two years, that's a long time to, you know, to train for, for missionary service. But doing that type of ministry, um, I don't think I'd want to do it without that type of training. Uh, if you want to go to the next slide, it has, has a, a short list of a few of the classes, things I'll be uh, learning there. Uh, church planning methods, um, just how to... Um, you know, what a New Testament church looks like, how you can go about that in a tribal area. I'll be learning um, teamwork, uh, missionary relationships, culture and language acquisition. That's a big one because usually you're going into a tribe where no one's ever studied the language. No one from the outside's ever studied it, so you can't just pick up a book or Rosetta Stone and learn it. You have to figure out how to analyze it and um, figure it out on your own. So I'll be learning how to do that. Uh, and then just things like missionary health uh, for living out in the bush because it is... Um, rough sometimes. So, so that's, that's what I'll be doing for the next two years. I'll leave in August, and I'm really excited about this training, and I'd really appreciate your prayers as I go through that, and uh, I know it's going to be a, a trying time, but also a time of a lot of learning and growing. So uh, I'd really appreciate your prayers in that. And as I think about uh, back to these last five years since we moved from Mexico, um, that was my home, and then we moved here, and then a year later I started college. So 
through the last five years, um, there's been a lot of blessings. I've really seen the Lord work um, amazing blessings in my life, um, but there's also been lots of trials. And so one thing that God's really been teaching me is um, just learning to love him and to live a God-centered life, um, whether I'm going through times of blessing or trial. Um, so this morning, that's what I want to share with you a little bit about, is just um, how to pursue a God-centered life by loving God and not just his blessings. And... Um, to do that, we're going to look at an example from the Old Testament, a prophet who, he's actually not a good example, he's a bad example, but I think we can still learn from him um, of how God is working. So if you'll turn in your Bibles to Jonah, we're going to be in Jonah chapter 4 um, this morning. And hopefully most of you know the story of Jonah. Uh, he was a prophet and God had called him to go to Nineveh, to an unreached people group. No one had ever shared about God to this, this people. They were actually Israel's enemies. So God had called Jonah to go there, and Jonah didn't really want to go. So he ran away, and he got on a ship and headed to Tarshish, but then God sent a storm, and he got thrown overboard, swallowed by a fish, and he was in there for three days. He finally repented, and then he got spit out, and he decided, okay, now I'll go. So he obeys God, and he goes to Nineveh and shares, um, shares a message of repentance with the Ninevites. And God does an amazing work in Nineveh. He brings the whole city to repentance, and um, you just think, man, you know, Jonah should be considered like one of the greatest missionaries ever, you know, because he, he goes, and he obeys God, and he, uh, the whole city turns to repentance. But then in chapter 4, we see that the story's not over, that even though Jonah obeyed God, uh, he didn't have the right heart attitude. He had the wrong motives for his ministry, and so God uh, still needed to teach him a few things, and he was going to use uh, a vine, a worm, and a wind to teach him a lesson and to bring him closer to himself. And so this morning we're going to read um, from Jonah chapter 4, verses 5 to 11, and I'll just read through this, and then um, we'll go through it uh, verse by verse. So Jonah chapter 4, four verse uh, 5, it says, Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade till, till he should see what would become of the city. Now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah, that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm and attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, It is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, Yes, I do do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, You pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know the right hand from their left, and also much cattle? Okay, so here's Jonah, and we see that his heart's not right. And God, uh, he's using uh, basically an object lesson to teach Jonah a lesson. He wants, he wants Jonah to have his heart for the Ninevites and his heart for the people, because God really loved them. It shows God, uh, in, at the end of this passage, it shows that God really lo- cared about the Ninevites, and he wanted them to repent, but he wanted Jonah to have his same heart for the Ninevites. So he's going to use three things to teach Jonah a lesson. So the first thing we have in verse number six is the vine. And God provides a miracle, this miracle plant to ease Jonah's discomfort and to show him his loving kindness. Okay, so this was a blessing in, in Jonah's life. 
Uh, just as he had provided a fish to save Jonah, he provided a vine to, uh, to give Jonah relief from his discomfort. Okay, so we all have vines in our lives. Those are the blessings that God gives us, um, the joy, the comforts. I know I have many blessings in my life, and uh, I really, those are things we should definitely thank God for, and, and Jonah was. He was glad about the vine. And so um, this morning, just think through your life and all the blessings that you have, and thank God for those things, because um, they're not rights that we have, but they're definitely gifts that God gives us, and uh, they're things that should lead us to worship, uh, to worship him. But then in verse number 7, we see that God sends a worm. He provides a worm that kills the plant, uh, and he uses this to teach Jonah a lesson. And so Jonah was probably thinking, you know, what's this? One day you provide the vine, and the next day you send a worm and it dies, and you take it away. And so um, just like we all have vines in our life, we all also have worms in our life. And those are the things that, um, that bring sorrow, loss, and disappointment in our lives. And um, I know you can probably all think of things like that in your life, that the worms in your life, the things that um, God allows that get taken away, the blessings that get taken away. I know when we moved up from Mexico, um, many of you were down there to visit us, and we loved it down there. It was such a great uh, place to grow up, and we really enjoyed it. That was our life. That was um, we knew the culture. We had friends down there. But then when we came back to, up to the States, that was really a big loss for us, for me, because... Um, I was leaving everything that I knew to come to a place that I didn't know. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know how the culture worked. Um, everything was different. So for me, that was a big loss. But um, looking back on it, I can see how God was even using that worm in my life, the loss in, um, to grow me closer to him. So uh, we all have a vine. We all have worms in our life, things that God um, takes away from us or he allows to be taken away from us. And then we also all have winds in our lives. And for Jonah, um, God sent a literal wind. <laughs> um, it was usually um, in this region where Jonah was at, they say that sometimes these winds come up. They're like big sandstorms, and they can raise the temperature up to like 110 degrees. So you can just imagine how miserable Jonah probably would have been from this wind. And he's so miserable that he asked for death. He says, God, just kill me now. I don't even, you know, and a couple chapters before, he was asking God to save his life, and then now here in this chapter, he's asking the Lord to take it away. Um, so the winds are the things in our life that bring affliction, pain, and distress, and we have all also had these, all these things in our lives, and um, you think of sickness, or maybe you've lost a loved one, or uh, failure in your life, different things uh, that God allows, winds in our life, um, pain and affliction, but that he also uses to, to teach us lessons. And so um, trials do come in a variety of ways, but we all go through them. And what's interesting is that with each of these things, with the vine, the blessings that Jonah had, and then also the worm and the wind, that God provided all of them. It said God sent or God provided. God um, gave these things to Jonah because he wanted Jonah to have his heart and he wanted to teach him something. So uh, God works through blessings, trials, and pains to bring us closer to him. And in verse number 9, we see that uh, Jonah was really living a vine-centered life. He cared more about the vine than he cared about the people of Nineveh. And uh, I think it's easy, at least for myself, I know, it's easy to fall into that of living for God's blessings instead of living for, um, for him and the things that he loves. And so... Um, Living a vine-centered life is living in a way that where you live for God's blessings more than you live for him. And I think when we live for the vine and we live for the blessings, when those trials, the worms and the winds come in our life, 
it's easy to, um, to lose our purpose in, in serving the Lord and in living for him because we don't have our focus on God. We have it focused on, our, on his blessings. So, um, so that's just something that I've been learning even through the book, as I studied through the book of Jonah and, and think about um, all the trials that have been in the last five years getting to this point and the trials that I know are going to be coming ahead. I know going through this training, um, going, through the mission, going to the mission field is going to become very real because they're going to share with me um, all the, you know, the realities of what it's like to live there, the preparation that's going to be needed, and um, I know there's going to be lots of trials ahead, so I just want to make sure that I'm in a place where I'm looking to the Lord and not just his blessings, so that when those trials come, I can cling to him, and I can learn what he wants to teach me through those trials. Um, so in order to avoid a vine-centered life and pursue a God-centered life, um, I think it's important that we worship God at all times, and, and we have an example of that. We do have an example of that in the Old Testament. Uh, if you think of the life of Job, and Job had um, ten children, he had thousands of cattle, he had great wealth. The Bible says he was the greatest man in the East. And so in today's world, that would probably be, he'd be like a billionaire uh, in today's world. So he had a, an amazing vine. God had greatly blessed him with an amazing vine. But in one day, uh, the worm came, and it took everything away. He lost his children, he lost his wealth, he lost everything he had. And then, not only that, then Job's wind came, <laughs> in a sense, and uh, his wife rebuked him, he lost his health, and um, even his friends rebuked him, and they, they weren't uh, encouraging him or supporting him. But it's interesting that in the midst of all this, Job's response, he says in Job 1.21, he says, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So that's that was the response that Job had. And so we have two responses here. Job's, or Jonah's response was one to anger, but Job's response uh, to the situation that God brought him through was to worship. And uh, I think that's just an amazing uh, testimony to us of how, of how we should respond when we go through trials and when we go through blessings. Through both times, um, God wants us to worship him. And, and at the end of the passage in Jonah, we do see that uh, God was trying to show him that he has a great love for people. He cared about the Ninevites. The Ninevites were uh, some of the most feared people in the world at that time. They did so many atrocious things, and they were enemies of God's people. But God still cared about them. He still uh, had a heart for them. And it just shows God's great faithfulness and love. And I think that's another thing that should um, just drive us to, to the Lord and to, um, to pursue a God-centered life. Even in the midst of trials is God's great love for us. He's done so much for us. He's, he gave his son to die for us, and um, what more could we ask for? That's such an amazing, amazing blessing that we have eternal life through Christ, and uh, that's, that's something that should definitely lead us to, um, to focus on the Lord and not just on his blessings, to love him and not just his blessings. So um, I just want to encourage you this morning that I don't know what you're going through, whether you're going through a time where you have um, a great vine in your life or whether you're going through a time where you have um, a lot of worms and winds, <laughs> trials in your life, that um, difficult times. But I just want to encourage you that God gives all those things. He gives the vine, the worm, and the wind, uh, but he does it to bring us closer to him. That's what he wanted Jonah. He wanted uh, Jonah to have his heart to be closer to him. And we don't actually have the end of the story in, this, in Jonah. We don't know whether or not he turns to the Lord and decides to pursue a God-centered life. Um, that's not told at the end. But um, I would like to think that Jonah did, that God used this and that Jonah did turn to the Lord. And um, So I just want to encourage you with that this morning and that um, 
to follow Job's example, because Job worshipped and loved God through the tears, and the question is, will we do the same? Because I know as we go through life, there's going to be trials, there's going to be hard times, um, but God allows those things to bring us closer to him. And as I look back on my life, and uh, usually the times where I've grown closest to the Lord is through the trials and through, uh, through the hard times. So thank you so much for uh, allowing us to be here. And uh, I just want to encourage you with that this morning. And I really appreciate your prayers uh, these next two years as I go to the training. Um, I did want to mention that once I'm there, I'll, they'll give me a list of all the countries and places where they have opportunities to go. And so I don't know where God will lead me after that. I know this is the next step. But after uh, this training, I don't know where God will lead me. I've been to Papua New Guinea, and I would love to go back there. And that, that might be a place. There's lots of people groups there. I could go to South America, I could go to Africa, there's tribes all over the world that, that need the gospel, so I'm just, uh, I'd appreciate your prayers that, um, for God's leading in my life as far as where, where he wants me to go, where he wants me to serve him, and, um, and I just, uh, I really appreciate that, so thank you so much, and we'll close in prayer.